Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 117 of the Walk Me Through Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Black, and today we're going to talk about these shows from Monday, February 26th through Thursday, February 29th, as well as the two shows from Sunday, February 25th. <coughs> so we're gonna right. You know, we're going to start with these the two Sunday, February 25th shows that was not covered due to, well, for Pete Steach was because it was uh, Aaron Lear in the day. And actress girls because I couldn't buy results, but we got them up. But anyway, kick well proceed dresses a moment of violence. Kick it over Kushida to be Sonico at 15 minutes and 51 seconds. Five submission be held boy lock. Jordan Crispy and Gregory Sharp at four minutes and 39 seconds. They burning hammer for the prestige tag team tall center and St. Judas Akaris and Travis Williams. Defeating the West Coast Reckon Cruz, Royce Isaacs, Edgewell Nelson, 16 minutes and 23 seconds with killing blow on Isaacs. Black Tourist, who is the substitute for Mascara 2.0. Defeating Ray Horace at 16 minutes and 18 seconds via Paul Driver. Six-man tag team with the prestige team Elk Shelley, Kevin Blackwood, and Tiger Rass for to be last. Sissos, Danny Rose, Ricky G, and Adrian Quest at 14 minutes, 6 seconds via Tiger Driver. Alan Angels beat Chris Saban at 15 minutes and 57 seconds via Angels Wings. Jordan Griffin and Sandra Moon at 11 minutes, 26 seconds via Juggernaut Driver. In the main event, we'll still follow you Mike Bailey at 24 minutes and 31 seconds via 450 Splash. On this show, easily the match of the night for me was supposed to be fully for Mike Bailey. All I mentions was Kushi for Sonico, Black Church was Ray Horse, and uh, Angels for Saving, but that was Proceed Wrestling. Then moving on to Actress Girls, Act Wrestling Step 33. This show by was supposed to take place back at the beginning of the month, but uh, it got postponed due to the tragic news of Hayashi passing away. So, a little reschedule, but we got so tag team away at the Royals, Chika Goto and Koyoki to be update plus. Sukar Mizushima and Azesko Mia at 9 minutes and 27 seconds via Axe Bomber. And tag team with Konamic and Miki Inoue defeating Beast Rebellions, Nene Araha and Chahagi at 11 minutes and 23 seconds via Schoolboy. Six women tag with Joshua Bulldozer, Toroki, Kari Ann, and Maru defeat Beast Rebellions, Rico, Fukunaga, Ario Iri, and Act at Vice Mitchell via Stretch Mup for 12 minutes and 55 seconds. In the minute for the AWG title, Jamie Mariah to be Mesa Matsu at 16 minutes and 55 minutes with a Schwain Buster. So it's Actress Girls. Now we'll move over to the Monday, February 26 shows. Kick it off with the only show we have on this day was Monday Night Raw. Excuse me. Kick it off with a recap of Elevation Team from last Saturday. And then Dominic Sir is standing in the ring. He demands fans to welcome the Women's World Champion Ripley and she makes her down the ring. Ripley welcomes face to Monday Night Mommy, then says she walked into her home country as Women's World Champion and walked out the same. She says Nia Jax might have been the biggest threat to her tiring Elevation Chamber, but she's still on top. Speaking of Elevation Chamber, the winner of the Women's Elevation Chamber match, Becky Lynch, music hits, and she makes her way down the ring. She says the man has come around <coughs> to San Jose and WrestleMania for to fight Rhea Ripley. She congratulates Ripley on retaining her Women's World title and says both had a big night on Saturday. She says Ripley got to share a special remote with her family and friends, as is now they don't have to fly to WrestleMania to watch her lose. Dominic says no one talks to Ripley that way, and Becky tells him to pipe down and calls him a kumquat or something. I forget what she exactly said, but some of the lines off that line. Then tells Dominic she put him in his place and tells Ripley she's been on quite the run. She says, well, Dominic has been feeding her grave. She's been the backbone of this company while all writing a book. Ripley says Becky... Sorry, Ripley asks Becky if she's done, then warns her against disrespect Dominic again, and congratulates Becky on winning the women's elevation chamber match. She said it's time Becky stops disappointing her and get on her level. It says the man will always think that they're the backbone everything, but in reality, the man is always behind one great woman. She reminds Becky who's on top and slides out of the ring along with Dominic 
outlock Dominic. Then we see Nia Jax attack Becky from behind, hits a leg drop to Zelda Ripley, hits another leg drop to Becky before she drags her to the corner. Constant middle of looks to hit the Annihilator, but Adam Pierce and other officials run up before she can do so. And Pierce demands that she gets down unless she wants to receive a fine, so Nia complies and leaves. <coughs> because of that statement. Then we get a field package recap of The Rock's last appearance on SmackDown and uh, promotes his next appearance for Ashley tonight on this week's SmackDown from Glendale, Arizona. Then after the commercial break, we go back to Jackie Redman, who's with Nia Jax, and Redman asks Nia why she attacked Becky, and Nia explains that it should be her going to WrestleMania instead of Becky. She promised to do everything in her power to make sure Becky doesn't make it to the showcase of the Immortals before sending a warning to Liv Morgan ahead of her match. Then we go to our opening match of the show, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Match starts with a lockup, then Sami hits an arm drag before Nakamura hits a knee to his midsection. As Sami slides out of the ring and Nakamura falls, he or so he looks since Sami crash in the barricade, but Sami stops his own momentum and hits a moonsault off of the barricade as we go to a commercial break. We come back break, Nakamura drapes Sami across the top rope, hits a knee to his midsection for Sami responds with clotheslines and falls with the mentioned milk good driver. Sami fires on... Fires off shorts on Sammy's midsection in the corner, but Sammy responds with a tornado DT. This is Nakamura crashing to the outside. Looks to go flying out of the ring, but Nakamura catches with a knee to his midsection inside the ring and sets him crashing on the apron face first as we go to a second commercial break. We come out break. Sammy connects with a blue thunderbomb on Nakamura before Nakamura hits a knee uh, to Sammy's head, then connects with a second one to the back of the Back of the head off the metal row. They end up on the outside. Nakamura kicks with a third knee to the back of Sammy's head off the ring steps. Slides in the ring and begin, referee begins a 10 count. Sammy beats the count and uh, Nakamura pins him, but Sammy gets his foot on the bottom rope to break the hood and Nakamura fires up stomps on Sammy. He sets up for King Shots, but Sammy sets up Clyde in the turnbow, hits a haluba kick to the back of Nakamura, sets the kicks with a second one to score the victory at 14 minutes and 56 seconds. Really fun opening match. Do I think my only nitpick about this match was there's two commercial breaks, so it kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Honestly, I, I like both these guys, but getting starting to get a little tired. These guys face out almost every second week or so. Uh, not by the way, nothing's gonna top their takeover Dallas match from 2016, honestly. But this was still a fun match for me. I just want a seven out of ten. Then Michael Cole and Pat McAfee said the field package on the feud between Imperium New Day. And speaking of Michael, he lists Post Malone, Jay Cargo, the Deli Boys, Nijax, Diamond Dallas Page, and Pat McAfee as being added to the 2K24 DLC. And CM Punk, we see a CM Punk video air with him praising the fans for making it know they want him in the game as well, and they will get it. And McAfee said it was an honor to be in the game and says his guys will be in the game as well, which is actually true. There's a Chelsea Green stance in the ring since after a for- issuing a formal complaint with management, she was competing in protest. She said she had won the last chance battle role and won the lowest chain match at Adam Pierce, not at Raquel Rodriguez. She said she's the star and people wanted her before she mocks Raquel flying all the way to Australia and losing. She works at base before taking a jab at the San Jose Sharks. She's Green says she'll prove that Raquel is a big loser and speaking of Raquel, she makes her entrance. So we go to this match now Raquel Rodriguez versus Chelsea Green. Chelsea draws an imaginary line where Raquel not to cross him. But she does anyway, and Green slaps her. Basically, she does it twice, and then the second time, Green slaps her. Raquel, uh, sorry, Green realizes her mistake, tries to run over Raquel, prevents her doing so, and hits her with a clothesline, followers always slam, and followed with a Texana bomb for the quick win at a minute 19. Uh, one out, honestly, uh, this, this did not even be on the show, to be honest with you. Backstage, Shamus was interviewed by Jackie Raymond, and Shamus it was understated to say what he needed. 
the win over he got over Shinsuke Nakamura. Sammy said he doesn't know what a loss would have done to him. He says when reaffirms his belief that he's a contender and will be a champion. He said if a path to WrestleMania doesn't find him, he'll go out and find it. As we see Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci shows up causing Revit to make her exit. Well, Sammy technically tapped him on a short to leave before Kaiser and Vinci both smart and say we'll walk it past him. Then we see the Intercontinental Champion Gunther Falls and last Sammy's face before walking past him. Then we go somewhere else backstage. We see Cody Rhodes is here by Kathy Kelly. Every cause challenging The Rock to face him anytime, any place. Cody also both faces Grace Well in the main event. Cody recalls bringing Jay Uso to the world the first time he was on Walker Waller's talk show. Then challenges Rock on his most recent appearance. Cody says he's given Waller his first Raw main event and that he gets to fight. Oh, then we see Imperium makes their way down the ring and Intercontinental Champ Gunther. He's staying in the ring as still the greatest and longest ring Intercontinental Champ of success. Successful defense against Jay Uso last week. He said Jay almost had him beat and he felt his title slip away from him for the first time throughout his reign. He said he got lucky and while no one is perfect, he's close to it. He said before G. Monty Vinci and Glubik Kaiser beat New Day in a street fight later, he needed to dress as his future. He said he put his heart, soul, and body into making the Intercontinental title prestigious. He said he's beaten everyone in questions who will defend his title at WrestleMania. He reads and lists what things should happen to him. And who he should face from same as eight to chat gave it to the Miz, please know and to our truth. So judge for today's music is in uh, blah, blah, blah. the men make the right on the ring, which is after Ray Ripley. As one half of the tag champs and Mr. Mighty Big D Priest tells Gunther while he's been a dominant champion, he's second to judge for today's championship ring. He's at Lewis Chamber, which is a preview of WrestleMania. Since they played on bringing more home more gold to the group, he says that includes Gunther's title. Gunther asks which judge would they remember what challenge at WrestleMania since Priest isn't catching his mighty big briefcase. So we see Dominic steps up. He's when he and the rest of Judge Ray say they'll do something, they mean it. He says that means the intercontinental blossom and Gunther shoves Dominic. Priest looks at them as he just blew up, but Judge Ray holds him back. Judge Ray walks backstage as Priest told the others he was calmed down. As Ray Ripley shows up and questions Dominic confronting Gunther, which I should agree with her. I don't know why he would do that. And Dominic told her that he got this, and Ripley said he better walks away. So uh, Balor told him to go. Uh, basically, we'll smooth things over. So he starts leading. He approaches Andrade and told him it was good to see him again. Dominic says maybe he'll see him around. Andrade said he was going to meet with Adam Pearce as his first opponent before he told Dominic he would see him soon. And Dominic said maybe walks away. Oh, well, good. To, I, I've been seeing online that I could see uh six person like do a multi person match at night one and Gunther faces where at night two. Honestly, I, I get why they wanted to Dominic be a potential challenger. Honestly, I don't really want him winning the title. That'd be kind of be dumb, but it would get good heel here, I'm not gonna lie. And that, that was separate uh, segments, by the way. But I thought the Gunther and Ring stuff was really good. And honestly, they do not need any more titles. And honestly, I will say, Gunther, I'm starting to get bored of Judgment Day's tag team title run. But Gunther's, I'm never bored of his title run. So, in fact, I'm going to be a priest. Then we go to the tag team street fight between the New Day Kofi Kings, Xavier Woods versus Imperium Giovanni Vigilio Kaiser. And by thank you, shout out to New Day for actually coming out to a street fight in literally street clothes. That I that always bugged me. I don't know why. I always find when people wrestle in the ring gear turn like a like basically like a no rules match. Like I don't know. I feel like I mean you want to like beat up your opponent. Like you should go out like a street clothes. But I thought that was cool for the New Day. But I'm just nitpicking. Anyway, New Day and Perrin begin brawling the ramp. It's Giovanni Vinci tosses Xavier Woods into the time trunk and Kaiser fires right hands on Kofi's head. Vinci joins him with. Blah, 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 blah. Vinci joins about Woods or mirrors from backstage with Trumbo in hand. He hits Kaiser with it as Kofi and Vinci brought back down to ringside area. 
Woods and Kaiser does the same thing. Kingston grabs the tail from underneath the ring. He looks to set up a Woods, but Imperial attacks him from behind before they can. Fenchy dumps New Day back in the ring, but New Day hits him on the apron and hits a dropkick for the ropes as we go to a commercial break. We come and Frank New Day and Imperial are brought in the crowd before both teams end up back, side, back in the ringside area. And Woods hits a chop to Fenchy. Kaiser lands the elbow on Kingston and Fenchy since Woods crashed in the ring and breaks flying first. Kaiser grabs a tail from underneath the ring, but puts it back when he hears the fans cheering for it. Instead, grabs a chair. Then hits Woods in the midsection with the it, cracks it across his spine. Kingston hits an integrated Kaiser. Connors on top hits a crossbody to Imperium. Followed by a side rush like to on Finchie. And then body slams Kaiser on top of him. Kicks with a boom jump on Finchie. Grabs the tail over the outside. Sets it up. He looks to suplex Kaiser through it from the apron. But Finchie comes to Kaiser's aid. And they suplex Kingston back in the ring. Kaiser hits with a pair of kendo sticks. Hands one over to Finchie. Then they unload on Xavier and Lubick charges at him. Kingston catches Kaiser with a jumping knee. But Finchie takes him out and hits a crossbody to Woods back in the ring. He cracks a candlestick across his body, and then Kaiser cracks a chair across as we go to a second break. We come out from the second commercial where Kingston threw one of the death chairs at Kaiser and sends Finchie crashing the ring steps. He gets Kaiser back in the ring and picks up one of the candlesticks as Woods grabs the other. They take turns at Kaiser with them, and Kingston grabs a tail from underneath the ring. New Day sets up, and Kofi holds Finchie on top of it as Woods flies off the top rope to send crashing through it. He gets Kingston gets Finchie in a back position and Woods hit the double stump off the ropes. Goes for the cover, but Kaiser pulls the referee out of the ring. So Kingston takes him over with a toe place we see him and gets him back inside. Woods then gets Kaiser on one chiller as Kingston climbs the top rope, but Finchie sends a crash for the table on the floor. Hits Woods with a chair and Kaiser sends crashing into a second one step in the corner before rolling him up by grabbing his jeans to get the win at 18 minutes and 11 seconds. Really fun street fight. Honestly, this is my match of the night. I, I get this match 7 out to as well, but I like this one a little bit better than the opening match. But great stuff from both teams. Then we get a video package air on Grayson Waller. Then we see Adam Pierce was on the phone brought to me. By the way, congratulations to him for becoming a father. He said he would take something under consideration. He ends the call when Chad Gable enters the room. Gable said Gunther is looking for a challenger for WrestleMania. Gable said he's haunted by Gunther, reducing his daughter to tears, and then laughed at her misery before forever as a terrible father. Gable said this means more to him than the other potential challengers. Pierce said he would take it under consideration as well. So, certain base was always struck big right after their tag match. Then, after the commercial break, we get footage air from earlier day of Shayna and Zoe complaining about Indy Harwin Kisler getting a women's tag team tall match at the Living Stream pre show because Indy is from Australia. So, we go to that women's tag match out Shayna Baser and Zoe Stark versus Indy Harwell and Candice LeRae. LeRae hits an integrated baser and falls with a senton and a hip attack in the corner to fuck. Flies off the apron, take out Zoe Stark on the floor, hits a knee to the side of Baszler's head as she drapes through the middle rope, but Baszler responds with a knee of her own back in the ring and takes in Zoe. Zoe whips LeRae into the corner, hits a half Nelson suplex. Indy Hartwell tags in and hits a boot to the side of Zoe's head. Uh, hits a pair of clotheslines and a right hand falls with a spine buster, but unknown to her, Baszler makes a blind to a locks the coup for the clutch for the submission win. At 2 minutes and 47 seconds. Honestly, I didn't really care about this match either. Um, honestly, I thought the women's matches, I'll be honest, out of the three they had on the show, this was the second weakest one for me. Honestly, I was not a big fan of this one. I just went 2 out of 10. And also, the crowd didn't care either. So, honestly, why should I? I <coughs> like, um, honestly, I thought the women's matches from the Living Chamber last time were way better than the ones on TV. 
Then we Archer was shown sitting inside the Judgment Day clubhouse before DIY and the Miz joins them inside the room and wonder why he was doing there. Truth said Judgment Day was gone for the night and was saying, well, the good old days. Tommaso Champs said he had a plan and asked Truth, is he ready? So Truth took the small TV out of the clubhouse. Then Mac Drew McIntyre, who is the winner of the men's Olympic Chamber match, went out of the ring. Once he gets there, he thanks fans for their support and prayer since because of them, he can't say he's facing several months before we WrestleMania at 40. He said he's not feeling his best. He said he suffered a blown eardrum in the Olympic Chamber match. And he was told by doctors that he's not making WrestleMania. But he told him that there's just the way he's missing the event and says he's not like CM Punk. I knew that was coming. Uh, that was such an epic line. Then it takes a seat like CM Punk and told some guy to stop looking up his kilt, which I thought, I don't care, that was fun. Basically, he called him a pervert. For anybody who did not hear that, I basically, he said it loud enough, but the, that I could hear it. But I'm true, it's just bright seven. It's so funny. He said he thought about, after the match, he said he wanted to do some special more and drink twice as much for the both of them. On his way back from Australia, then calls Rollins out to the ring. So the world champs several Rollins music gets me excited in the ring. He welcomes fans to Monday Night Rollins as McIntyre finally has the opportunity to become a world champion in front of a capacity crowd at WrestleMania. He says the only thing standing McIntyre's way is him, is him and McIntyre's Rollins to stop what he's doing with Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, and The Rock. He says he wants Rollins 100% questions why he's going to fight battles on SmackDown when they need him on Raw. He says Rollins' responsibility will be Raw in the Worldwide title if he was the Worldwide champion and warns him about the bloodline. He said that will cause him his talk at WrestleMania and tells him to back off. Uh, Ron says he respects everything McIntyre just said, but some res are worth taking. McIntyre shakes his head, and Ron says McIntyre has known him a long time. He said McIntyre knows that he thought about everything he just said and has thought about every single outcome. He said while McIntyre might be right, it was injuries or the bloodline could get in this way of retaining the world with title. McIntyre could be wrong. He said having a star made him realize that not everything is about him before he says some things include the world title and taking another bloodline are bigger than everyone. He says the bloodline won power until a matter of time before they come for the title he currently holds. Rollins questions what happens if his injuries are healed before WrestleMania and they manage to put an online end to the bloodline. And says if they could do it all in this, just him, McIntyre, and the World Tower at WrestleMania before he tells them the best man will win in reality. Some risk of worth taking. Really strong pro, uh, problem from both of these guys. I'm pretty excited for the match at WrestleMania. Then we get Fletch, Eric Nye, Jack Sack, and the uh, participants of the Women's Lunch Chair match last week. Then we go to Liv Morgan versus Nia Jax. Morgan draw kicks Nia into the corner, fires right to left hands on him, then hits a step up knee and looks to land a hurricane. Nia catches a catch up on the shorts and hits a small one draw, falls with a splash in the corner, followed by a hip attack. This is Morgan's face climb with the middle turnbuckle, looks to land a drop on the apron, but Liv moves out of the way, hits a toe point suicide as we go to a commercial break. We come up break. Uh, Nia runs over Morgan, looks at hit a uh, sent top of Morgan rolls out of the way, hits a co breaker off the middle for a two count. So Nia hits a hit, but, but Morgan hits a crash in the ring post short first, collides with the ring post on the outside. Becky then appears on the barricade and flies to hit Nia with a form, causing the DQ. So Nia wins at eight minutes and 17 seconds. This was okay. I guess one five out of 10. After the match, Becky sends Nia repeatedly crashed and announced that continues to be her down, but Nia escapes and the referee holds her back. The backstage, Kathy goes with eight times down under and asks Grace Waller if having Cody Rhodes on the show backfire. Waller says Cody disrespected from his home and attacked Austin Theory. Waller said he did everything he could protect Theory, who was skeptical. Because that's it. Then Mike Cohen, Pat McAfee, sends the condolences to the famous Oli Anderson on behalf of WWE Fall News of his death earlier today. And by the way, yes. Uh, yeah, Oli Anderson did pass away on Monday. Monday afternoon, I believe. And then Virgil did pass away on Wednesday. So my condolences to both of the gentlemen's families. 
Then after the crash break, we see Becky Lynch demand match with Nia Jax for Adam Pierce. Pierce makes agrees to make official for next week for Liv Morgan. Then appears and yells at Becky for intervening her match. Tells her nothing that that not everything's in bow here. Then we head over to Jay Uso chat with Jack Grip before Drew McIntyre enters and tells Jay he relates to what he's going through before he tells him he deserves it and they begin brawling as officials run to separate them. Uh, so we maybe match the winner of the War Rumble, Cody versus Grayson Waller. Match with the law for Grayson Waller whips Cody in the corner, hits a pair of knees to his head. Cody starts with an open power and a delay for a close suplex. Cody sends Waller crash out of the ring as my quote announced that Paul Heyman is backstage as we go to commercial break. After the break, Cody hits a chop to Grayson before Grayson responds with a boot to Cody's midsection. Full body scoop powers up both with disastrous kick. Austin Theory distracts Cody and Waller takes advantage by later right hand. Cody sends Theory crash over the announcement with Topaz Suzia and Waller hits him from behind. Cody hits a Cody cutter. Once we're back in the ring, involves the crossroads for the quick win at seven minutes and fifty-five seconds. This is okay. I mean, a really short main event. I guess one of five out of ten. Then after the match, Paul Heyman appears on the ring with three individuals in black suits. As Cody grabs a chair, Heyman introduces himself, but Cody interrupts him. He doesn't care. He tells the ball in the come and get him if it's a setup. And Heyman says, "This is not a setup." He says, "The only member of Paul in the SAP Center." He formally says the three men behind him are suspended NYPD officers and tells Cody to keep the Rock's name out of his mouth. He pleads with Cody to draw his challenge for the match against the Rock. Cody says he hasn't spoken about the Rock on the microphone or trash him in the media because he was a fan. He said no one sold more tickets than him and he's done being nice. Reality to the bar line to come and get him if it's a Sam and Paul <clears throat> as we can get in the ring before Cody says no and the officers get inside and Cody says one more person takes one step closer to him he'll drop everyone inside the ring. Paul asks if it implies to him and Cody that he's wrong. Then he goes after the officers, hits him with a chair, lands across with on one of them. Paul Heyman then calls The Rock in Roman Reigns on two separate iPhones, which was weird. Cody tells him to call him because the ball isn't hunting him because he's hurting them. Or hunting them, sorry, for tosses two of the officers out of the ring. It's Dan's tall to close out this week's Raw. Uh, not a bad episode on Monday Night Raw. Honestly, I just want a 6 out of 10. Only two matches I regularly check out from the show is Shinsuke Nakamura for Sami Zayn in the tag team street fight. That's the only two matches you really need to go out and check. So next week for all, only two matches made official so far. Becky Lynch versus Nia Jack and Drew McIntyre versus Jay Uso. And the rest of the main made so far for April 6th and 7th. Eoska will defend the Women's Hall against the winner of the Women's World Rumble, Bailey. Roman Reigns defends the Undisputed Universe Hall against the winner of the Men's Rumble, Cody Rhodes. Seth Rollins defends the World Title against Drew McIntyre. And Rue Ripley will defend the world wins, blah, blah, Women's World Title against Becky Lynch. So that was Monday Night Raw. Now we're going to jump over to the Tuesday, February 27th shows. Kicking over Marvelous and Shakiba first ring. Kicking over the eight-woman tag team elimination match. Tonko Watanabe, Mio Momono, Mayo Takasuke, and you guys Sasaki defeating the AAAW tag champs Magata, Rico, Kawahara, and Maria, who were team with Maya, Yuikihi, and Azizuki Oge. <clears throat> 12 minutes, 26 to be a pinfall on Maria. Little is Kawa defeating Dragon Lee break at 10 minutes 6 X for Hollywood Star Press and our first of two uh, AAAW Tag League matches. The first one was Sonic Okado and Ryu Mizunami defeating Ai Ozan and Sadie Gibbs at 15 minutes and 8 seconds be Hot Lemon. And then we have the other AAAW Tag League match, Chaiko Nagashima and Takoa Aura defeating Chiji and Sons at 11 minutes and 58 seconds be running three. So standing after night two of the AAAW Tag League,
uh, in first place, why you have to ensure go? And so, what four points, two wins, zero losses. Second place, Shigo Nagashima and Takora Aura. Although, Aya Hozan and City Games with two points, one win, and one loss. And last place, Tonko Nabe, Miyama, and Chi Jin. Those all have zero points with no wins and one loss. So, it's marvelous. Then, over the big Japan Barras's Big B Child. Kick it off with Yuji Tanaguchi, one third of the Yoga Street, six fan tangent, Misaki, a hero. At five minutes to 41, so it's via Pinfo. The other the other member of the Yoko Street Six Man Tag Dai Yashimo defeating Kazuma Yoshida at seven minutes twenty one says five minutes STF. Tag Dai astronauts Dakota no more for Abe defeating Kazuki Hashima and Sasuke Nagato at nine minutes twenty two Magic Katami and Tag Dai World Strong with Jim Yu Oge Timo Desasuke Saki Mo defeating Yuki Yamato and Yasumi Nakanoi at nine minutes fifty six seconds via Blue Storm. The Bungie is about to be Kota. Tomachi Zone defeating Kota Suki for at 13 minutes 11 seconds via Black Rain. And a tag team concrete block match. Abdullah Kabashi and Daiju Wakamatsu defeating Kiko Arashino and Kesuma Kitayuta at 12 minutes 20 seconds via Diving Elbow. And they made it in a tag team light tubes match. Yoko and Street 6 main tag team uh, Yoshikawa Tani and Death Match of Jim Yuki Shikawa defeating Big Japan tag team Takoa Tsutsumato and Ryu Ito at 10 minutes and 49 seconds. So that was uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Then over to Dragon Gate's Prime Zone Plus. This is the uh, Volume 2. Kick it off with Champion First Game Match. Over to Brave Game How defeat Open to Trial Game Each and Buddy's Club in 49 seconds. And by the way, Dragon Gate announced that technically the Open to Trial Game titles are fake. But honestly, I'm still counting champions because they only replaced Yuchi Kikau with Shun Skywalker. <clears throat> so yeah. I tied to Takashi Ushi and Prom Dragon to be Big Boss Mojo and Shaggy Good Boy at 11 minutes 56 seconds for Iron Claw. In the main event, in a non title 16 man battle where Open and Brave Gate Champion defeat Kota Minora, Emo, Yuti, Madoka, Kitayuta, Ryu Tanaka, Benkei, Kazi, Jason Lee, Jack Funky Mage, Strong Machine J, Dragon Gate, Masuki, Tamanaga, Shunsuke Walker, and Open and Triangle Gate Champion Ishin at 22 minutes and 8 seconds for Samson Robert, last eliminating Kota Minora, so it was Dragon Gate. Then over to NWA Power. As we kick it off with. Uh, Blake Tripp defeating Joe Alonzo by referee decision at 5 minutes and 25 seconds. Jake Dumas defeating Alex Misery 6 minutes and 44 seconds. And Ted Magic Anthony Andrews Zion defeating the Country Giants AJ Kanza and Casey Kanza at 5 minutes and 31 seconds. And then event for the women's tag team titles, the King Bees, Charity King, and Danny B defeating the champions pretty empowered. Ella Envy and Kylie Page at 8 minutes and 37 seconds. So it's NWA. And then we're going to go over to Tina explosion. We have Mike Bailey defeating Jay Fidel at 7 minutes and 6 seconds. And Dirty Dongo defeating Lareo Kid at 7 minutes and 3 seconds. So that was, <clears throat> excuse me, Tina explosion. And then we're going to move on to NXT. As we go with NXT Jim, Ilya Dragunov wastes no time and gets right to it. He says he's not in the mood to wait around all night for Carmelo Hayes and says, stay and deliver. It's still over. Can't talk. Stay and deliver season. And he says, what Carmelo's looking for on a show calls him down the ring. So Carmelo's music gets a mixed way down the ring. He says, Elliot, it's the NXT champ for now, but he's not the star who makes the brain. He points out to the line of security guards, sweet him and dragon him. He said, there's, they're doing what he needs. He said, once I've been there with Elliot until he sees the contract, anyone makes things officials. Elias' biggest fear is losing title to him. 
He says Ilya has until the end of the night to get everything together. As security guards then go after Ilya in the ring, but he fights them off and they surround Carmelo. And then uh, earlier today, we see Gigi Dolan and Jay Parker spoke with Ava before they get into our, before Ava books the match later in the show. Then we go to our opening match, Kalani Jordan versus Kiana James. Masters of the log before they take towards Loggy Charter's mission notes before Kalani Jordan hits a Herkarada since Kiana crashes the outside. Looks to go flying by Izzy DM inserts between her and Kiana. So Kalani hits the springboard moves onto both ways as we go to a commercial break. We come back break Kalani and Kalani. Kal- blah, 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 blah. Oh my god, guys, I am so sorry. I can't talk today. Kalani and Kiana take each other with cross bodies before Jordan hits a pair back. Almost implants Kiana, but Kiana responds with a need to Kalani's midsection, followed by a spinebuster. Jordan rolls up Kiana for a two count, and then she hits a boot to Jordan's midsection. Jordan looks good flying for the eight, but Izzy trips her while Kiana strikes the referee and dumps her back in the ring and hits the deal breaker for the win at eight minutes and 15 seconds. Not a bad magic is one of five out of ten. Then Roxy Price throws a tantrum backstage for losing another opportunity at the woman's toe. As Chiaco Jacks makes fun of Roxy, which led to a brawl between both ladies. But that was this was filmed last week after NXT went off the air, so they were thrown a footage for the match later in the show. Then we go to Tag the Match of the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows making their NXT return. First, Idris and Nofate and Malik Blade. Carl Anderson fires on Malik Blade in the corner for Malik fires back with a draw kick he takes Inofe. Inofe and Blade hits a double chop toe hole and a double draw kick to Anderson. Then followed by a second double draw kick to Luke Gallows before Inofe hits a draw kick takes in Blade. Both men hit a double short tackle and Blade kicks with a sent off for Gallows takes and it's double teams for Anderson on Blade in the corner. Gallows has an open palm strike and rains up Amber and Naval elbows on Blade. Fires right and left hand in the corner takes it Anderson. Blade rolls up Anderson, but Anderson kicks out, and Ofe takes it to draw kick to Gallows on the apron and hits Anderson with a clothesline to in a slain blade. Vertical suplex for Gallows takes out Blade on the corner, and Ofe comes to the top with a little 450 splash for Anderson and avoids him, hits the spine bust, takes in Gallows, and they connect with Magic Killer for the win at 5 minutes and 24 seconds. Not a bad match, 5 out of 10 as well. That the match, Chase Young, Nathan Frazier, and Axum Okafron Good Brothers from their attack last week. Both teams demand to face the Good Brothers in the match. As we see Eldoyle, who are on the top ropes, sneaks behind him and flies off them. As all four teams begin brawling each other, as the Wolf Dogs uh, appear on the Ravens that's holding their NXT tag team titles. Because of that statement, then we go to North American Jim Obafemi, who met with Ava backstage, where he wants to know the next the name of his next victim. But Ava said they were just still looking for a challenger for NXT Jim Ilya Drive joins the office and has a confrontation with Femi before telling Ava they had to talk. <coughs> then we go over to Roxanne Perez versus Giarca Jackson. Roxanne wastes no time to Jackson as she fires right hands on her, but Jackson runs out of the ring. Roxanne follows her and looks to get Giarca back in the ring, but she prevents her from doing so with a kick. Gets Roxanne back in the ring, hits a draw kick, then fires right to left hands on her midsection. Roxy whips Jackson in the corner, hits the uppercut, flies off the ropes to take her out. Roxy sends it for Pop Rocks, but let's let you hot up on the apron to save Jackson. Referee catches a Jackson for rings, and Jackson plants Roxy back in the ring. Goes for a cover, but only got a two count. Uh, <clears throat> and it hits a farm and left spine, but they take her slapping charge for Roxy for right hands of Jackson. Lays a drug and she kicks up, hits the uppercut on the court. Balls over side Roger It locks the crossface for the submission win at three, uh, sorry, four minutes and nine seconds. Good showing from Giarca Jackson. I just want a four out of ten. And 
And then, uh, and by the way, five out of ten for this match. Then we see Theo, we go back to Theo, spoke with JC Jackson next about not able to speak about right Osborne after date what JC said the old Theo was a loser before Keon James is easy to enjoy the conversation as Jane brought the sales of the calendar. These are the NXT Tag Champs. Wolf Dolls spoke backstage to get off the elevator before Good Brothers interrupted them. Good Brothers said they would not take long to win the tag team titles, but Corbin responded, but it was funny when AJ Styles slapped Anderson in the mouth. Then we go over to Dijak versus Luca Christofino. Master of the Log, then Dijak hits the knee to Christofino's midsection, but Christofino responds with silver strikes and closes Dijak out of the ring. Falls with a draw kick for the bottom rope and then returns to the ring. Dijak connects with the back elbow and Christofino looks to go for the Christofino catches him with an uppercut in midair and falls with a senton. Dijak catches with a series of overhand chops in the court, hits a boot to his jaw and looks to plant him. Christofino escapes, looks to plant Dijak, but Dijak hits him with a clothesline. Christopher connects with a back suplex and a clothesline in the car by Dijak hits him with a boot. It falls with a fissure for the quick win at 3 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh... Yeah, this was okay. I mean, it's quite my brain's not working for some bits. Um... Squash match 3 out of 10. That's the match. Joe Gacy appears to ring up broken free from the straight jacket. Chris V used Dijak's nightclub to send crash elder in towards Gacy and Gacy brought Dijak to the back. As uh, Dijak Crash the ring Gacy. Sorry, let me restart that. After the match, Joe Gacy appears to ring up from broken free from the straight jacket. Chris V used Dijak's nightclub to send crash elder in towards Gacy and Gacy brought with Dijak to the back and he hides the Nightstick behind the ring steps, which I thought that was kind of funny. Then we see backstage. We see the fail just watch from backstage for Tony Andrew tells Stacks to go get him. Then we see Metaphor Sarah known during our mental interview with Kelly KK had known as much as any member of the No Quota Catch Group, where he said they would be ready for anything. Then we see Woman Chippy, Larry Flicker, makes her way out of the ring, and she wishes the shot the Esprit recovery and promises a shot at the woman's tail when she returns. She commands Lost Legend on her performance in her match last week. Then calls Tam Paxley down the ring and gives her a gift for keeping her promise to stay back to her match. So <coughs> music is makes her way down the ring for the crowd. She tells Larry it's good to see her and says last week was hard. She said her sweet dove was in danger of losing her woman's tail. And Fakira said she didn't before she thanks her for keeping her promise. Tam said she'd do anything for Kira improves her Delphosian. But Kara tells her to take it down a notch and packs that she's well over her word. Then since she spoke to Ava and they'll be teaming together next week at Roadblock to face the women's tag champs Kabuki work for the titles. And then Paxley gets excited. So both ladies get interrupted by Rich Holland and Hollow, which is both ladies the best looking tag title match next week. But ask him to leave as she is some sin. Holland said he's a man of action, but it's actually gone in this predicament. He says sometimes. Things take too far and looks for reputation and apologetic actions. He said there are no malicious intent. So the lights go out and a mess appear on Ty Trot. Truth will ultimately prevail, but there's pain bringing the light. Once the lights come back on, Holland gets hit from behind with a chair from a mystery person. We find out to be Sean Spears. So making his uh, WWE slash NXT return. I'm actually glad they're going by his AEW name, Sean Spears, not Ty Dillinger. Uh, Honestly, I was not expecting Sean Spears. I was expecting like Tamatanga or some people said Okada, but I think that was more people just joking around, I think. But I was actually not expecting uh, Sean Spears, but it's cool seeing him back. Then we go to the parking lot. We see Brooks confront 
Oba Femi, where he challenged for the match for the North American title. Nikhilke spoke with Carmel Hayes backstage in the locker room, where Carmel offered or said to inform Eli if there's no contract or no mellow. Excuse me. Then we go to Paul Wagner versus Lexus King. Match with a log for Wagner hits Lexus King with a short tackle and a delay for a suplex, but Lexus responds with drag screw to Wagner and says his knee bounced off the ring apron and ring post. He continues wearing on his knee by sending Crash in the map, but Wagner hits a boot to his mid-touch and closes out of the ring before he falls out there. Lexus sends Fawn Crash in the barricade in the mystery zone to get back inside the ring. He hits a close on the back of his neck and Stone hops on the apron while Wagner rolls him up for the quick win at 4 minutes and 11 seconds. Honestly, this match was super boring. Honestly, I... I did not care about this match one bit. I just wanted a three out of ten. Got the match. Lexus can do far wider's knee. As mentioned, don't try to help him help Wagner with a hand, but Lexus King takes with the coronation. Then we have a field package on the women's title change completely where it's head of the return to NXT. And speaking of women's champions, we see the women's champion live for Gary and Tay Paxis both backstage about the return, but they were interrupted by Jada Parker as the RA Grace tried to modify the moderate the interaction. Then the commercial work, we see Joe Gacy film an argument to Dijak and Ava before Gacy approaches Dijak and they kept Braun while the camera was on the ground. <coughs> then we go to Gigi Dolan versus Jada Parker. Match over the lot for Parker since Dolan crashed on the mat, but Gigi trips her. Parker hits a knee to Dolan's mid section, but Dolan hits a draw kick. Parker sends Dolan Crash in the middle of the turnbuckle, but Dolan responds with a few forms. Parker hits another knee to her mid and drags across the middle of the turnbuckle, hits a modified center for a two count, but Dolan rolls her up for her own two count. Parker hits a block box with Dolan and then locks in a short submission on her. Dolan hits a boot to Parker's strong kicks for a series of forms. As a distress, Ariane Garst makes right out of the ring. Dolan fires her kicks on Parker's head that looks the hitter, but Grace catches her hand and Dolan lays her with a hip up, opens the door for Parker to hit the hidden blade for the win at four minutes. In 40 seconds. This was okay. I gave this one a 5 out of 10. Then after the match, Grace tells Dawn that they need to come together as she looks for her forgiveness. Then after the break, we see a message to see you soon right on the beach with the logo of Roblox prepared right after. So I imagine this is uh, probably the return of Sol Ruka, who has been on the NXT house shows lately, come back from an ACL injury. But that was pretty cool. Then we go to our main event match. The hitters come to online. Noam Darwin defense against no catch corker Charlie Dempsey. So, round one starts with a log for Nomdar hits a kick to Dempsey's head, then falls with a couple of knees to his mat and rolls up Dempsey for a two count. Then Dempsey gets a back so what a bridge into a pin on Dar to take the round at one nothing. So we go to round two where Dempsey hits an uppercut to Dar in the corner, falls with a gun rush suplex for a commercial break. We come out of break, Dempsey hits a suplex before the exchange strikes as round two comes to an end. Round three, as both men continue to exchange strikes. <clears throat> and Dempsey looks at hit in our backslide. Dar prevents him from doing so. He locks this loop, but Dempsey escapes and begins wearing on Noam's arm. Noam fires right hand on Dempsey's spot, locks a triangle, but Dempsey locks an ankle up, but Dar escapes. Dempsey hits a double hook, un double underhook suplex, fires a couple elbows on the side of Dar's head, but rolls him up for a two count. Dar locks an arm, but Dempsey makes his way to the bottom rope to break up the hold. Dempsey hits a German suplex, and Dar rocks in with a knee with a strike as round three comes to an end. We go to round four. Dar no time to go after Dempsey. Hits a suplex and falls with an elbow and a kick to his head. And it hits the Noble Roller to win round four. So we're tied at one apiece as we go to the fifth round. <clears throat> Noah flies off the middle up to hit Dempsey with a few knees to the midsection before Miles Bourne hops up in the apron. But Ormanson pulls him up, but Bourne's scratching the ring post. Dar hits the back elbow inside the ring, takes out Devin Kemp and Drew Golak. Dempsey takes advantage and hits a half Nelson suplex for the win. And when they hear this cup top around five, at nine minutes in one second. 
Sorry, guys. Dog was bugging up the store. Uh, this was a fun Harris Cup. I just want a six out of ten. Honestly, I'm glad Noam Dar is no longer the champ. I, I do like Noam Dar, but honestly, it was just time for him to lose this title. Like he he held it for way too long. Like he just don't need it anymore. But it was cool to see Char Dempsey win the title. But like I said, six out of ten for me. Then after the break, we see Sean for explaining he struck Rich Holland for not being truthful. Then announces he'll be a roadblock next week. There may even say we go to NXT champion Ilya Drab, who's at ringside inside the ring. As Karahe's and securities make their way down the ring and able to send the table step in the ring with a contract in hand. Security surrounds the ring as Carmel explains that this is more what he pictured. He says security is slowly ringside to protect them and says the NXT title is come back uh, to a roadblock next week. Dragon says they better run each other for the last eight months or so and says now he realized that Carmel will do anything and step over anyone to get his NXT title back. <clears throat> Carmel says that crazy comfort Dragon after telling him that he would take his soul from last week. It says the only difference between him is that he's cool, colder than Dragonoff. As we hear the music of Tony D'Angelo. And it's for down the ring since he needs to be included in the conversation for big business. Uh, Carmel wants the edge who sends security after him. He says another word and says Carmel isn't the only one who can make things move around in NXT. So he snaps his fingers and uh, security hops off the apron, hits to the back, and takes A with C. He says he can't be the only one that sees Carmel and Dragunov had dominated the NXT picture, and only one man can flip that on his head. He's at the end. He said Dan Dragunov has a year to travel with the NXT talents as well. Dragunov dressed like a champion. His intent is a little dramatic. He says he's here to tell Dragunov he wants to take his title away from him. And he says he earned everything he had. He has while those have crossed him, got what they deserve. He said he earned a title match for Dragunov to and deliver, and Dragunov his interest is piked. He knows that Ava has agreed to make a number one match for the NXT between him and Carmel to determine who will face Dragunov on stand and deliver. Ava tells Dragunov the decision is ultimately his and to make it whether it's not he agrees. A new one that nobody left is Carmel to put the pay. Pen the paper on the contract she's drafted. Dragon said he would see Carmel earn some for the first time in his life. It agrees to D'Angelo's proposal before he tells him to whoop that mill next week. And Carmel voices an objection, but then D'Angelo can't beat him. Carmel says if he needs someone to take out the trash, D'Angelo is the man, but he is done when it comes to NXT title. D'Angelo gets out of his seat, makes way over to Carmel's stand, but Carmel sends him crashing in the drag up. Then he puts him for the table and calls for able to hand him the contract. So it's it, then picks up the NXT title and toss the top of Dragon this stands tall to close out this week's NXT. Overall, it was a mixed bag episode. I, obviously, if you miss it, you didn't really miss much. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 5 out of 10. Honestly, there's not really much matches to go out. To watch. Honestly, I would just watch the face of it. But if I do have to pick one match, I would say just watch the main event, honestly. I will mention the opening match as well. But So next week, it's the special Roblox edition with Kabuki Works and the Wolves titles, which I left Kirtay Paxley. Die Jeffers Jokies in an asylum match. Wolf Dogs win the NXT titles with Andre's two cuts of Chase U. And for the NXT title number one clearance match, Tony Angel versus Carmelo Hayes, which I think Trick Williams comes out because Carmelo sets up their match to deliver. But that is NXT. Then we're going to move over to the February 28th shows. As we came up with a triple threat, Ellie Hondra defeat Ultra Aura and Junta Milwaukee. <coughs> At 654 Canadian Shore on Milwaukee. Jiggly, Sujitan, Gucci, and 924 uh, PFS. 
Tenth match of Hardcore Champion Ninja Magnet. I entered the Gova Guys GC Tadger, Anthony Green, LG, Cleary, Fiorell, eight minutes and 25 seconds on Cleary. Then our first of four Victory Challenge Tag League matches Real Sucks and Hugs and Timothy Thunder, defeating Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf at 14 minutes and 96 minutes. That came Bomb Wolf. Our second Tag League match, Takashi Sagura and Alka Sasaki, defeating Minova Soya, Suji Kondo at 12 minutes and 42 seconds for her Karan on Soya. Six minutes tag match, we had Stinger, Shuma, Jim Duggan, and Shari Ogawa. Allah was super great. Savina Golden Guys, GC Tag Team, and National Gym Jack Morris, and the Junior White Tag Team, Tedeska Yohei, at 12 minutes and 32 seconds via disqualification. Our third tag league match, Team Noah, Scotia, Saki, and Sushi Kojige, defeat Masakimi and Dagi Emba at 16 minutes and 36 seconds via Strong Lair and Amba. And the main event, our final tag league match with Keno and Yuawara. First, Kitu Kimi and Rai, uh, goes to a 20 minute time of a draw. So, stains after night two, we have first place Takashi Sagura and uh, Alka Sasaki real all of four points, two wins, and zero losses. Second place, Suji Kamen of Sweat, Dragon Man Alpha Wolf, and Team Nola, two points, one win, and one loss. And third place, Keno Nyuawa and Kitukimi right all the way all have one point, no wins, one loss, one draw. And the last place, Masakimi and Dagi Emba have no points with two losses and no wins. So it's progressive Noah. Then we move over to AEW Dynamite. Kick it off with him and Page makes for another ring on one crutch. Two updates on the rumors around an injury he might have gone last week. Heyman said this part doesn't look like a promising start to his speech, but he said that with AW first start, it was a goal for him, an opportunity to raise people's expectations and make the most out of the world that was laid from him. He thinks winning the AW world title in 2020 is the biggest accomplishment in his career. And that's why it hurts the opportunity for him to be stopped. He brings up how he thought the match would be a singles, but he had two <clears throat> he had wrong the two competitors LS on Sunday, he would not be able to compete. So Swerve struggling with Prince. Nana hits to the ring to join Hangman and Swerve said the last six months they got on the war try to kill each other and cross the line, but he didn't expect this happen to Hangman. He said Paige suffered his fate, but you can't escape fate or for destiny as his destiny to become the eight-hour world champion at Revolution. And speaking of the world champion, Small Joe comes out since we had two enemies in the ring trying to hug it out and out of the lies being told. He was going to say some truths. Joe said they're ignoring eye contact with them and realizing who the real man was here in AEW. He goes him and hop along and brings out their young, hungry competitors, but calls them hungry, accomplished wrestlers. Before Joe says he's starving as long as he's champion, there'll be no more dinner time, or rather it's one or both of our revolution who whip both their asses. So Swerve talks about being on play to being in the main event and going from cruiserweight to heavyweight. Swerve brings up how he's done with them. Joe might go back to commentary wearing a poncho and says he's the first of making history, but as Swerve continues, he gets attacked by him and Page, so he was faking all along. And the triple threat match is still on for Revolution. If we go to Young Bucks from earlier today, arriving at the bill and said they are ready to clock in the work. Renee Paquette stops to get away and breaks up their business to me with Ric Flair. Nicholas Jackson is great and all, but he's about that. If we're going to ask Renee... So you have seen Stain today and since his final appearance on Dynamite, they are dying to thank him and conduct his exit interview. They fall back start looking for Sting as we go to a commercial break. As we come out for it, we go to our opening match, Trio's Ash, Continental Crown, Crown J, Eddie Kingston, FTR, Daxter, Cash Wheeler, first Brian Dielson, Claudia Castanelli, and John Moxley of the Blackpool Combat Club. So the Continental Crown participants start this matchup, but they also quickly cause, <coughs> excuse me, Takes it to Claudio Castellani as him and Kingston start testing each other with short tackles. Kingston wins that battle as Danielson and Dax Harwood takes him. They test each other back and forth a bit until John Moxley and Cashier go next and go right into punches and chops in the corner. They start going into a hit butt for the other four men that break it up before both teams start brawling. As we go to pitcher and pitcher break, we come back for break. Wheeler has a locks in a figure four, but Mox is in a figure four from Moxley. Dax gets and breaks up. Wheeler is able to escape from Moxley with a hurt crowd for making a hot take to Dax as he goes. After both Moxley and Claudia, a couple of 
pen attempts from uh, Harwood, including the Tiger Drive Daniels breaks up the pen attempt. Moxley sends Dax in the ring post to the outside as Daniels continues to attack in the shoulder. All six men begin to start brawling the outside. Daniels with whipping kicks in the barricade for a hit them with a sliding draw kick. Claudio and Dax go out in the ring as we go to a second commercial break. We come back from the second break. Daniels and Claudio are double teamed. Dax with a top rope hit, but from Daniels, it didn't come from Claudio for a two count. Kingston and Daniels go ahead with chops until Kingston has explored suplex to both Daniels and Claudio. Kingston and Moxley go ahead until the rest of BCC jump as Claudio hits Kingston with a giant swing right into a knee from Daniels, followed by a knee and a pile draw from Moxley for a two count as Dax broke up the pin. Both teams go ahead until Kingston hits Yurikin on Daniels, followed by the Doomsday device from FTR for a two count as Moxley broke up the pin. Moxley and Claudio are holding FTR with chokes and elbows as Daniels attempts to scream Kingston to tap. For him to tap out, they're all able to escape, and all three start delivering chops before BCC escapes and hit ten punches in a corner. FTR hits Claudio with the shower machine, and Dillson dodges York giving Kingston to hit a suplex followed by Psycho Knee. Instead of covering, he starts Kingston's head and puts it in a triangle sleeper as the referee calls off the match at twenty-one minutes and fifty-three seconds. By the way, longest match on the show. This was a good match. Honestly, this did not need to go 21. This should have been cut like 5, 10 minutes at the most. Honestly, I like all six guys, but this did not need to go almost 22 minutes long. I am going to give this one a 6 out of 5. A 6.5 out of 10, sorry. Honestly, the, the timing and the two current kind of killed it for me a little bit. Then we, we see CML footage of history between Chris Jericho and Alice before we go to Ready to who is with Jericho in the back. He tells about 30 years ago when he started wrestling in Mexico. He got there in the deep fast with people. Necro Cass says, Silver King, El Danny, and Atlas. So he requests that Atlas shares so he can repay the favor and show him a few things he's never seen before. And gives him a lesson in Fox and what Creos and D'Elon can do before he speaks a bit of Spanish. Tosh Money is in the ring. He makes it official. They welcome to AW Will Osprey. Uh, so Osprey comes down the ring, high five the fence in the ring. He says he doesn't want to take up too much time. He says, Obligation with New Japan for wrestling. Are done. He flew over and lost his bags, but they found him. They came near in his green, so it looked like Kermit the Frog on leg day, but now he's ready for full time work. Osprey talks about having matches here and beat Orange Cassidy, Kenny Omega, and Pink Castrego Wembley Stadium. Osprey says everything's been going with Don Cow's family, which promotes Cows to come out of level powerhouse hops and Canelo's get a catch them. Osprey gives hugs to, to Cows and Hops, but not to catch them. They have their match on Sunday. Cows says there's nothing like going to Don Cow's for a reunion, and just Osprey, Hops, and Cash and Confledge are embarrassed of riches. Kaos talks about being Osprey's side through all his AEW contracts, and the only way to top that is that match of the decade between him and Takeshita. Kaos compares this to Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen going hard in practice, then coming together for championships in the real world of this match is Don Kaos' family. Where Kaos tells him to shake hands as they're reluctant to do, but not before they pull each other back in. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, then we go back to the forget is with the Conor Crown Chamber, Eddie Kingston, and breaks the disrespect for Rhino's showing Lamp to a match, and asks Kaos because they're going to face him on Sunday. Young Bucks will get interrupted and say they have a bone to pick with him the way he was talking about the arm rampage. And since the next time, they'll be a fine. They mentioned being the champion, ask him to show up in better presentation and maybe they'll force a dress code before walking away and start asking for Sting. Then we go to the international title match. Orange Cassidy defends against Nick Wayne, which honestly, I don't know why this was even on the show. I'm not going to lie. But Orange Cassidy and Nick Wayne starts about taking each other over going back for Leaf Frogs as Nick <clears throat> Wayne escapes a beach break attempt and sets Orange in the corner with a hurricanrana. Cassie dodges Wayne's uh, Wayne's world attempt but gets knocked to the outside, gets into the steel steps. Before Wayne hits him with a top rope moonsault on the floor. Back inside, they head to the top rope, but 
TNT champ Christian Cage knocks Cassie down as the referee instructed. Bryce Rinsberg catches on, though, injects the patriarchy from ringside as we go to commercial break. We come up break. Wayne dodges Cassie in the corner, but comes up with a diamond cross by in a tornado DT for a two count. They go back for Cassie, get knocking out Wayne with a super kick before going from slow to fast stomp. So Wayne, Cassie stays in control as the ring world world tie chips, Unspeed Kinos, Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven show up at ringside and starts distracting Cassidy. As the Rapunky fights, Rocky Romero and Trent Brown run out and take him out as Wayne pulls up the turnbuckle pad. Garcia runs out and gets in Wayne's face, which distracts enough for Cassie to hit the orange punch to get the win and retain the international title at 11 minutes. Fun match, but like I said, this did not need to be on the show, especially where Cassie was defending the Tuggish Rush on this Sunday Revolution. I guess one of six out of ten. Then after the match, Roger Strong runs in and lays out Cassie, but he got chased off by Romero and Beretta. That's the commercial break where they begins with the Bang Bang Sister Gang. And they say they are are gelling as a group before Jay White said he was ever hands up at first, but now he's all in on the Bang Bang Sister Gang. Since they were perfect one third of the tradition big guns except for Max Castro's rap, as Castro has anyone solemn. They bring the combination of the claim Asagun for this upcoming episode of Collision. <coughs> then we go to Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander. Uh, Blue goes right after Statlander to start this match, but Statlander quickly tosses her off. They run the rope. Statlander catches a hit sister 10 from Blue and tosses her down. They fight in the corner where Blue needs Statler to the floor with a knee on the apron. Statler catches Blue off the apron presser into some plant fans at ringside as we go to a commercial break. We come after break. Statlander catches Blue with an elbow off the ropes. Blue comes off with a neck breaker for a two count for Statler. Hits a German suplex center to the outside where they both being checked on. As we see, TBS team Julie Hart gets in Statlander's face, but Will Nango gets in between them. Both ladies hit to the back, back inside the ring where Blue hits a Canadian shore for white inside career for a two count. Stokely Hathaway tries to hand Statler a uh, steel chain. But Nango tells her not to take it, which she doesn't. As the referee is distracted with all this, Sta- Julia Hart enters and hits Staller in the head with the TBS tile. Full white co- sky blue hits the cold blue for the win at 9 minutes and 40 seconds. Fun match. Actually, I thought the last few minutes were actually really fun. I just want to match 6 out of 10 as well. Then we see Young Bucks still looking for Sting and find the log his name on it. Matthew Seth Nicholas asks if they saw the Sting in the from last week just to be mindful of them. They enter the ring and has bad hanging from the ceiling and asks if they were playing mind games. Then we go to our main event match. Atlas Yahoo's the CMM World Historical Light Heavyweight champ- Champion. First line out, Chris Jericho. Uh, Atlas Jr. takes control and hits a top of cross by Monkey Flips Jericho out of the corner a couple of times. Jericho stops the third time, puts the walls to Jericho, but Jr. quickly grabs the bottom rope. Jericho goes to take his mask off, but Aubrey Edwards goes to help him put it back on as Atlas Sr. starts choking Jericho with his towel. As Sr. and Jericho get in charge faces, Atlas Jr. drops onto Jericho and slings himself in the ring post. Tries to power on Jericho on this death, but he reverses Junior in the steel steps as we go to commercial break. We get back from the break. Junior catches Jericho off the top rope and hits an arm drink for a two count. Junior comes back with a wheelbarrow, slamming Jericho hard on the back of his head. They go to the top rope. Jericho hits the bulldog off the top for a two count. <coughs> Excuse me. Atlas Junior sees Jericho to the outside where he dives onto him. Junior sees Jericho back inside with Jericho knocks him off the top before joining him up there. Hits 10 benches with a hurricane. Junior dodges Drew's effect, tries his back, but Jericho gets out and puts on the walls with Jericho. He's hopes at the roll, but Jericho pulls him back to the middle where Senior tosses in the towel. So Jericho wins by referee stoppage at 12 minutes and 5 seconds. Fun match. Again, I give this one 6 out of 10. Then after the match, Jericho helps Alice Ship for a hug in the far outlets, and all three men stand tall. Then uh, we go to our main event segment. The Young Bucks make their way down the ring. They get in the face of some fans with Sting's mask. 
just run the attack of the Darby Allen. They double team and they bring him inside the ring to start struggling with the bat before he hit with the EVP trigger. They keep attacking with the bat for Colin Rick Flair to come out, which he does. Flair enters, he's gonna hit Darby with the bat just to start nail blocks, attack them instead. But they take him out with the low blow and they get that stage music while he hits. They go on the ramp with the bats, but Sting lowers from the Raptors, which was pretty cool. Behind him just for them to turn around in fear. He fights off their bats with his own bat as Darby takes a yellow coffin drop before Sting takes a Nicholas Jack with a Scorpion death drop in front of Ric Flair. And they stay until the close of the go-home edition of Revolu- of Dynamite before Revolution. Overall, this was okay episode of Dynamite. I mean, honestly, the mat... <coughs> Overall, score, I just want to stick to The matches weren't too bad. Like I said, the opening match, even though I said... Set, I said I said six and a half. My only complaint with that, they did not go 21. That was way honestly my that, they went on a little too long for me. Uh honestly, I would just watch the opening promo with Heyman Swerve and Small Joe, and then the, the sting stuff. That's really all match-wise, you don't really need to go out and watch. But tonight's rampage with Claudia Kessler versus Regato and Trio's action, the righteous fence and Duchess T so Lanchard to go against Luke Lanley and I and Font. Reho for Trisha Door, and we have a First up two, eight oh world title number one contenders all star scramble qualify match. Magnus, who was what happened to see him out Mexican national tag champs versus Matt Sidell. And by the way, we were supposed to get meet, meet Madness on Revolution, but due to injuries from other competitors that got changed to an all star scramble number one contenders match. So that's why. Then on collision, there are spoilers. They did tape this on after Dynamite this past Wednesday. So the matches we have are the triple threat number one contenders all star scramble qualify match. Pentagon Jew for Brian Keeper, Dante Martin. Then the Rosa versus Cassandra Golden. Part party tied to match against Chris Rodriguez, Matt Sidell, Ryan May, and actually gets injury at risk. And Trio's actually with the Bang Bang Sister Games, Trio's champions, Anthony Bones, Matt Castro, along with Austin Gunn, versus the Dark War, Alex Rush, Sean Silver, Iwa Uno. And eight man tied to match we had Best Friends, Aaron Ross champion, Orange Cast, and Trent Brunt, to FTW champion, Hook, and Dio Garcia. First, the Patriarchy's team champion, Christian Cage, and Killswitch, Roger Strong, who's up for the International, and Brian Cage. Little previews of Revolution. Then the Revolution card. Right now, we have nine matches. I'm recording this. So I don't know if Tony Khan, knowing Tony Khan, who probably had like 15 more matches. But the card so far, we have the World Titles Online Tornado Tag Match, Sting's last match, Darby Allen Sting defeats the Young Bucks, Orange Cast defeats Aaron Stone against Roger Strong, Smojo defends the World Title and Triple Threat Match with Swiss Strickland and Heyman Page, Tony Storm defends the Woman's Tag against Dion Perrazzo, Condor Crown Title Online, Eddie Kings defends against Brian Danielson, Will Ospreay versus Kelsey to Kesha, Christian Cage for the team title against uh, Dio Garcia, non title. Ada World Title Number One All Star Scramble Match, FTW Champion Hook versus Warlock versus Powerhouse versus Lancer for Chris Jericho versus Brian Cage versus Aussie Hours. But I'm not gonna spoil who are. If you know who won, then you know who won. But for anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled, I'm not gonna spoil them for them. But I know who the other two are. Uh, so it would be the winner of the Magnus My Side Now match versus the winner of the Triple Threat between Keith Pentagon and Dante Martin and BCC's Claudio Castro and John Monsters FTR. So that was uh, AEW. Now we're going to move on to the Thursday, February 29th shows. Kick it off with AEW Actress Girls Act Wrestling Step 35. Kick it off with Naho Yamada defeating my hero, Shara Hira, at 6 minutes 19 seconds for double arm face buster. Natsuki defeating Sakura Mizushima at 7 minutes 35 seconds for cutie special. Six women tied to win at the Raw's Chika Goto, Koyoki, and Natsuma Samokawa to Beast for Balance, and now Iri, Chikagi, and Riko. Fuki Nagata at 10 minutes 59 seconds via double diving double knee drop. And times Konami Mike Ono defeat Teppens, Catmask, Calgo, and Mesa. Might so via Mick McKnife at 13 minutes and 18 seconds. In the main event, Titan we have 
DWG Mara and Nara Arena. Naga and Act at 11 to 3 thanks to wrapping press. So it's Atric Girls. Then we go over to WWE's main event. King of Ivan Nile. They beat Sai Lee at 6 minutes 16 seconds via uh, Diamond Chinlock. And then I've already beat Apollo Crew 7 minutes 44 seconds via Doom Salt. So it's uh, WWE main event. <coughs> then going over to TNA. King of Steve Mack going to be Mike Bailey. Up via KIA, Jake Summer the Lariel Kit via Into the Void, Ted Match, Joe Henry, Rich Wan via AJ Friends, Diener, and via St. Obej on Diener. And a knockouts tell no more contenders match. Tasha Steele's defeating or versus Cypress that goes to a double kettle. After match, Joan Grace announced that she'll face both ladies at sacrifice. And the main six man tag with the systems, TNA World Champ Moose, AA World Brian Mars, defeating TNA World Touchups, ABCs, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Eric Young. So next week we have. Uh, X-Fish Town Line, Miss Wall defense Kevin Knight, Ash by Elegance is in uh action, Josh Alexander for Jerry Dongo, and Dongo's Hatching, Samas Savage for Danny Luna, and Sacrifice card so far with Moose Defendina World Talkers, Eric Young, Nickname it for Steve Macklem, Jordan Grace defense Dongo's Tall against uh Tasha Steele and Sire Brookside, Josh Alexander for Alexander Snow, Hard to Kill rematch. Then we got, <coughs> excuse me, um. Uh, Six minutes with good hands, Jason Hodge, John Scott, along with the expert champ, Mustafa Ali, first Jet Sires, and Chris Hames. Six man tag team matches. And ABC will defend the TNA World Tag Team Dolls against the systems, Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards. So it was TNA. Then we're going over to MOW Intimidation Games. As we kick it off with for the middleweight top, Mystical to be Rocky Romero at 18 minutes in one second. And a tag team New York City street fight that Collins never national open weight champ Ricky Shane Page and Sammy Callian defeating Jake Chris and Akira 11 minutes and 7 seconds. Alice came to be Bobby Fischel 10 minutes 14 seconds via referee decision. For the World Tag Team Tiles, World Time Federation's David Boyce Jr. and Tom Waller defeating the champion second gear crew one call Mares and Matthew just 11 minutes 16 seconds. For the New Japan Television Tile, Matt Rowe retains her bad duty of 5 minutes and 6 seconds. And a non-title $5,000 five-minute challenge. Featherweight champ Janai Kai defeating Zoe Kant at 18 seconds via referee decision. In the main for the MLDL World Title, Sujoshi Kojima retains over Noru Suzuki at 16 minutes and 25 seconds. On this show, I will watch the middleweight title, the world title match, and the New Japan Television. That's the only three I recommend checking out from that show. <clears throat> but it's MLW. And then we're going to go over to Ring of Honor. Episode 53, only five. They did tape eight matches, but only five aired. So the opening match was the quarterfinal match of the women's television title. Queen Amano defeated Tyler Valkyrie. Lee Johnson defeated Mike Seidel. Kamara defeated Blake Christian. Taiji Shimori defeated Jacoby Watts. And in a custody of the boys match, Johnny TV defeated Don Castle. Honestly, this episode, episode 53 was actually pretty skippable. I'm not going to lie. Only match I would say check out if you have time is the women's TV title match. That's the only match you need. That was... Actually, that one and Commander First Blade, that's the only two you really need to go. Those are my two matches of the show. That giant TV dying. I like both guys, but honestly, that match was so boring. You know, I was not a big fan of that match. But but the other three matches that did not air was Red Fellows, Larry Hirsch, and the other core five match of the Women's TV Dollar Tournament. Uh, Fatal Forward Tag Match with the Infinity. First four course are Spanish First Jack Cover and Grand Day Loco. And Abaddon versus Jasmine. <coughs> Excuse me. Jasmine of War. So I imagine that's probably going to be for next week, but th those are the other three that did not make on last night's episode. 
But that is the show for this week, guys. I'm your host, Ethan Black. I'll be back on Sunday with the shows from Friday for Sunday. Have a good weekend and stay safe.